It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Well, speaking of vengeance, G, real quick before we talk about vengeance, if you're in the chat watching the YouTube show, we appreciate y'all. We appreciate every single one of you. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. You'll be amazed at how much that does to help bring UCSS to everybody out there on the interweb. We love y'all. We appreciate every single one of you. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, totally free, and continue watching. But speaking of vengeance, G, if you go back to week two, that is when the Browns lost Nicholas Chubb for the season. It was the questionable hit to say the least, by Minka Fitzpatrick that knocked Nick Chubb out. He had successful second ACL surgery this week. He is looking to recover and uh, progress. The report out from the Browns was he should be ready to go at some point in 2024. The surgeries were successful. I have to ask, what does a Nick Chubb revenge game look like against the team that knocked him out in week two? This I, let me start this off right. Let me start the party off right. <laughs> a revenge game for the for the Steelers is for them to come in and get beat thirty-five to three. That's the type of energy we talking about. Like, like we we not gonna hit y'all dirty. We not gonna take your legs out. We not gonna do anything. But we what we will do is put nice, kindly hits all over your boy, your quarterback, Pickett. We're going to make sure Pickens gets nothing downfield and Najee Harris, will, you know, he'll average 2.1 yards a carry or something like that. A nice 35 to 3 game and get y'all boys out of here. Not with our, with our first team quarterback, not with our second string quarterback, but the rookie. DCR come give you that work. And then they say the Cleveland Browns only allowed 59 yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh came into a buzzsaw. They didn't ever know what hit them. That's, that's the type of revenge game we're looking for. God. Now, well, not that's looking what to injure looking somebody you, on purpose. Do you think that they can do that? Yes, the Browns. The, the Browns have shown the Browns' defense has shown that they are omega type mutants. All right. Omega we, level. If no. they win twenty eight three, how many touchdowns does the defense score? Two. <laughs> they might need to. <laughs> you thought they you might were gonna get me on to. that? Two of them. Uh, Miles Garrett strip sack, pick I, and scoop. I, score, I actually predicted Denzel Ward. I actually am predicting there to be a total of nineteen points in this game. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think that I don't think it's going to be a shootout just because I think both offenses are handicapped. I think their starter isn't very good. Our backup certainly is unproven. Yeah. Um, but I, you know what? I went back and looked at the highlights of the UCLA USC game from two years ago. You went back to study. You, I, 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 I went, went in there. You the time machine. I was over there. Big I was channeling my energy too. <laughs> I was like, I was like, let's see what this, this feels like. You have to get yourself feeling good. See I had, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. That's why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Bull knows me. Yeah. I said, because I remember I watched that game in real time. Yeah. And by the way, that game is this weekend, the UCLA-USC game. Um, and I just remember watching it, and I knew a lot about Caleb Williams. Right. Everybody did. And I remember at the time saying, forget Caleb Williams. This DTR kid is a freak. Yeah. Yeah. G- uh, uh can you call up his numbers from that game, the UCLA-USC game yeah, last year? Yeah, yeah. I just – no, 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 look, the, the USC defense is terrible. Yeah. I mean – Terrible. They just fired their defensive coordinator. Trash, it was trash. terrible last year, too. But my goodness, man, I – He was doing – Chip Kelly had him looking crazy out there. It was really impressive. And I, the, the, when, when the Browns drafted him, I immediately went back to, okay, what was I saying about DTR at the time? And here's, here's exactly what I was saying. I got your numbers, Jay. What were they? 
against Southern California last season. 23 of 38, 309 yards, four passing touchdowns, three interceptions, two rushing touchdowns, and 81 yards on the ground. So he was doing it all. I remember he was running a lot. What I thought of, though, immediately, I thought when the Browns called his name, I thought, man, I like that kid. What was my impression of watching that whole USC-UCLA game? He's little. Yeah. He's, he's actually 6'2". I thought he was no, shorter than slight. that. But I he's don't mean very small. Slight. Yeah. He yeah. is slight. And I remember thinking, and I said at the time, I go, this kid with 30 more pounds on him be nice. would be a high first-round draft pick. But that obviously wasn't the case. He was just too skinny. And I just, that was, so that was my first impression. But when I went back and looked at the highlights, now obviously the highlights just showed all of his highlights. Right. I didn't see his three picks. I do remember yeah. now that you said that. He threw a couple of balls that were I, I didn't like. But I just, in general, remember watching him orchestrate, and I thought his field presence was way up the charts for a college quarterback. Now, it should be pointed out, that was his fifth year of starting at UCLA. So, he yeah, should have. He, he started more than, I think he had a pack He broke the record. He broke, he broke the, the record, record for most starts. Gee, I'm going to tell you a Dorian Thompson-Robinson stat that's going to get you hyped more than anyone else. And I'll let Here you guys continue. You guys ready? This is, <laughs> All right. This, I was trying to figure out how to work this into the five-pack and McNuggets, but I have no context for this besides this one stat. All right. Before last year's NFL Combine, Josh Allen had the record for the fastest throw ever recorded at the Combine at 62 miles an hour. Dang. That'll, and then that'll last kill year, a person. Dorian Thompson-Robinson came to the NFL Combine. Uh-oh. And Dorian Thompson let that bad boy rip. 62 miles an hour. Tied Josh wow. Allen. That's impressive. The two fastest throws ever recorded at the NFL Combine since they started recording in 2012. So 11 years of data. Hey. The two fastest fastballs hey. ever let rip on the combine. Josh Allen. Think of the quarterbacks that have hey. gone through that with the gun on them. He's he's going. DC, see, this is the funny part about it. It's scary at the same time. It's like it's like you telling a girl, like, hey, you, you always like this girl. You say, hey, yo, you want to go out with me? She said, yeah, don't hesitate. You kind of nervous, like, why she say yes so fast? But at the same time, <laughs> you be like, oh, I'm excited. Now I got to do it. I got now I got it. Like DTR brings a certain level of excitement. He's gonna try. He's he's not. This is the problem. It's a gift and a curse. There's two or three times a game he's gonna feel like I can get that off. Yeah, I, because I'm not just. I'm, I got DTR. I'm DTR. I got a whole nickname already, and I'm starting. I'm gonna try to fit that in. That's the difference between. Him and a regular backup that made he's gonna make some throws and plays that you didn't think he could, and he'd be like, "Wow, that was beautiful." And then there's gonna be some times, no, yeah. no, no, please don't do that. Yeah, there, this is obviously obvious, but uh, the key for the Browns to continue to have success is to never fall behind too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know they that's can't obvious. From behind, if they're but, down 21 points, it's a nightmare. Biggest, that's the it, biggest point of the year. It, 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 it is kept obvious, you know, but you're right. I mean. You, you they, know, they're not going to come back from that. I just heard this stat from Ian Eagle. I, I don't know that we had discussed this, but I interviewed Ian Eagle on my podcast last night. It'll be, out, it'll be out today. He's calling the Browns game this week. I didn't realize this, but the Browns, it was the largest comeback they've ever made against an AFC North team last week. That is confirmed. They were 0-59 yeah, previously. They're 1-59 now when down by, was it 14 points? Correct. Against AFC and, North opponents. And, and so they – so obviously – they can't afford to be down a lot. And that's what yeah. the defense, which has played extremely well this year, has to be even better. But the defense has had some lapses. Like it has. Baltimore, first half, first two drives. I mean, well, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Uh, you can't. 
you you can't allow that kind no, of performance. No, they uh, have to be. Performance. And now, they're you got to put. My, when Miles Garrett is not on the field, he's got to be in bubble wrap. <laughs> Man, because if, if something happens to him, then the season's really over. Hey, okay. no, no, listen, then I will on, join on, you on the significantly. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Let yeah. me give you that. If anything happens to Miles Garrett, no. I will take my gear off, <laughs> my earpiece. That cannot it. happen. Knock on, knock on, knock on everything. Move on, because I knock on glass, knock on wood. I might cry. You'll have to keep me away from sharp objects. I mean, you just got. They should just. And Bull will then believe in curses. Yeah, they should keep him in a bubble when he's not on the field and just roll him around in that bubble. People cry when Nick Chubb got hurt. Yeah, they will be visibly shaking. Like yeah. I will be. Uh, listen, I, I don't know. About, I got to take some days off. But the defense, like Miles Garrett knows, and these guys know, they have to uh, win these games. Now, again, yeah. I'm not saying DTR is going to suck. I'm saying I have no idea what to expect. And the odds, again, not a short thing, based on his where he was drafted, make you think it's not likely he's going to be very good. If he is, that's a great bonus. But either way, the Browns have to go into the rest of the season with their defense saying, we have to kick ass every week. There's got to be no let-ups. Yeah, and, and you mentioned that, that, that they're, they're going to have a heightened sense of awareness. Uh, it's, it's a bad sample size. I don't even know why I'm asking you to do this. <laughs> but it's just fun to get But I, I'd like to know. I'm, that, my mind went there. What is, how many like yards did DTR throw for in his first game? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, DTR in his first game through four. 121. He was 19 of 36. One, yeah, go to 23, Steve. It's 121. 120, Ugh, these 121. Are numbers. 121. Yeah, yeah see, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th that yeah. has to be. I always do it on yard per pass. That uh, was yard per attempt. That's, in 36 attempts for 121 yards, it's 3.6 yards. Yes, per it's, that's it's, about it's, as bad as it gets. It, it, yeah. I mean, you can't do that. That's Pittsburgh bad. And they was five widening it up that game. They yeah. were just going now, back to Now, <laughs> I wanted to ask you earlier this morning, I said, I got to remember to ask G this. What changes are you making to the offense for him? Specifically for him. Oh, there's, listen. First of all, the the RPO game is in in effect. I would think so. Full effect. I now, would. Think about it. RPOs did come around when when Deshaun Watson was running them, but that got kind of thrown out of the game because of his, him being injured. You don't want to you know expose him to unnecessary hits, right? Sure. So that was out of the game. So I think RPO is a huge part of it. The quarterback run game, not necessarily. Him scrambling around, but a quarterback draws, quarterback power plays, different things like that. And the thing that I saw on film going back to it and the way that they started playing the Cleveland Browns, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and I think Kevin Stefanski has learned his quarterbacks. The Browns have do a really good job of check releasing. So now you start to see David and Joku who are giving those tackles flippers. They're just coming down, blocking them. Nick Harris is coming out and, and, and putting helmets on people to slow down that pass rush. But then once they give them the flipper, they're out in the flats. And now David and Joku is out there with guys dropping in the coverage 
and he has a five, six, seven-yard head start. Right. And he's catching that ball and turning it up, and they can't <laughs> tackle him. And those plays were open. Those plays were open during the first part of the year. The quarterbacks just weren't, weren't acknowledging it. They, didn't, they weren't patient enough to get to it. Now, those are almost serving as delayed screens now. Right. And so now you'll see a totally different plan with DTR because you're going to start to see they're going to run the ball from all different types of levels, and it starts with the three guards. And they're, they're, they're releasing, they're, they're helping their tackles with the tight ends. And I think what you'll see much more in this game is the Browns game is a much more developed run game since DTR played the first game with the Ravens. The Browns utilize the tight end a lot more. And the Browns are, are finding ways, creative ways, to take chunk plays and get Mari Cooper open. Right. All we need is one yeah. or two for Cooper. That's one, what we're looking for. One right. thing that would really help this week, and I don't know that we're going to get it. It doesn't look good right now. Is Dewan Jones coming back? Mm. That would be huge. That'd be huge. Remember Hudson, who did a you know a decent job. Yep. He wasn't terrible. We know the nightmares he's had with T.J. Watt the last couple of years. Dewan Jones didn't practice yesterday. Do we have? They, they're not practicing. What's a one o'clock, Mike? They're not out today yet. We have not seen the update. Yeah, I mean, if we could see him even get a limited practice today, that would be huge. It would be. You'd love to get him back. Sign in the right direction. I think that Gary on Christian on the left side. I mean, he held up decently. He's a veteran. He's played great with sixty nine. The the only way to to me the Pittsburgh wins this game is if 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 high turnovers is High Smith and and T J Watt dominate. And what I mean by that strip sacks, tip balls, the way they beat us the first time, the way they beat us the first time. If, the, the difference is, from a, a positive Browns perspective, is what were we saying early in the year? The Browns are playing great defense, but they're not forcing turnovers. Yep. Well, now they're forcing turnovers. They are. Remember, after three, four weeks, the Browns were near the bottom yep. in ter- takeaways. Now they're near the top, right? Where are the Browns in takeaways, Mike? Tied third. Yeah, so I mean, fourth, sorry, remember fourth. early in the year, they were like 30th yeah, after two, terrible. three weeks? It's some give and take. They're giving up more yards and bigger plays. Well, sometimes However, it's a gamble, though. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, when the corner gambles and sits on a route, yeah. If he doesn't get that pick and the ball's completed, that's a big gainer. Or Juan Thornhill. And when you play him. Uh, Thornhill's not playing probably see, this that's, week. And, and so you think about it. You go yeah. back and look at it. Uh, and Tyvis, Coach Tyvis did a really good job of explaining this. So what Juan Thornhill does best out of anybody back there is when you play in zero free man coverage, if anybody catches a slant or a dig or something with forward momentum, it's imperative that you get them on the ground. And Juan Thornhill takes a lot of great angles. He gets people on the ground and does not let what Rodney McLeod had happen with, with Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. catching a slant and going right to the house. So it's going to be tough. Like, they got to, you know, it, it's give and take when you're playing pressure defense. But uh, they're getting turnovers now, which, which is helpful. And what's interesting is when they played the Steelers the first time, the old, they had that one big play. Remember the Pickens? Yep. Yep. They didn't do anything yardage. else on offense the It was the whole half game. their yardage the whole yeah. game. Yep. Yeah, that was like, like a 70-yard play. That yeah. one was 70. Yep. Yeah. Mike, you shot something with Coach Tyvis yesterday, right? And that's what G was just alluding to. G actually got a little preview of it, but yeah, Tyvis in his element talking safeties tomorrow and why Juan Thornhill, if he doesn't play, it's a big loss, but how Rodney McLeod can pick up a thing or two from Thornhill and uh, correct a mistake. Gosh, I know every team's injured, made. but, man, we've got some key guys Is on Tyvis dancing again in this video? No, he's, yeah, he's, no, he's, no dancing from Tyvis. Mm-hmm. Tyvis is much more composed this time. Mm, yeah, he, he was really giddy last week on his no. coach Tyvis. No, he was giddy segment. yesterday. <laughs> he was yeah. bummed yesterday. We love Tyvis. When Tyvis <laughs> starts talking safeties, you do see a little, like, pep in his step. And, you know, it. it I love Tyvis. He's our dude. But he gets a little giddy smile when he gets to talk about, <laughs> oh, when I played at Ohio State, I did this. And I'm like, all right, Ty. 
You played? Mike, let's be fair. You, you do the same thing. Hey, you, you played know, Division hey, Three. Oh, I, I told you, I like it. My, I'm a fan of it. Nuggets glasses be raising. He'd be so hyped. He'd be like, oh, basketball. That, I do no. the same thing. Do you you were kind of taking a shot at Tyvis a little bit. No, I like And you, you do I the same thing. Like, when Jay talks about playing baseball, like when people talk about what they love doing, what they, their expertise It's in their wheelhouse. Is, yeah, it, it and brings it. It I'm brings a level money of passion off. and I, I think I got to talk can. more often about hitting the game-winning home run to win the Brooklyn uh, Babe Ruth League championship. <laughs> well, well, we got I, a minute before I whacked that ball. Right? We've got a video. Let's, let's go to the tape. I think yeah, we have video. Well, if you on actually it. bring it in. We'll play that. But we have a minute for Aditi. You want to relive that glory moment? <laughs> nah, that's all right. Uh, but it was a great <laughs> moment. I actually can't remember running around the bases. I was so excited. We all thought we were going to get killed by the fans, though, because we were playing at Garrison Beach which is an all-Irish neighborhood, and we were like a United Nations team. We had like one Asian dude, two Jewish guys, two Italian guys, two black guys, one Puerto Rican guy. The other team had only Irish guys. That was it. It was an Irish neighborhood. You weren't even allowed to live in the neighborhood if you were not Irish. They were surrounding the field. We thought they were going to kill us after we beat them because nobody had beaten them in five years. A lot of Patrick's so. and Sean's on that team. Bull, yeah. Bull, did you play during segregation? That sounds like Jackie Robinson. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't even live in the neighborhood. You sit in the back of the bus. All of you. Not that neighborhood. In my neighborhood, it was all good. We, we had... The, the kid who bat, the kid who hit right before me, Stanley Jetter, was the best player in the league. He hit third. I hit fourth. I never got to hit with anybody on base. The kid with a home run. Every he was the best. If had he, I, I am guaranteed. I know I only saw him play at the ages of 11, 12, and thirteen. He got involved in drugs in high school. Unfortunately, yeah. if he had not thrown his life away, I'm I get. I was certain he was going to be a major <laughs> leaguer. Major he must have hit like nine fifty. And we had good. This is good baseball in Brooklyn. Sure. Like the, he was incredible. He was the best pitcher in the league. The best hitter guy was unbelievable. It's funny I hope that he's usually doing well the best now, hitter is the best pitcher. He was, but oftentimes, yeah. that kid at twelve or yeah. thirteen, yes, is, is does as it, big as he's ever going to get, and, may, and, and may, they're as good as they're ever going to possible. Get. Maybe that would have happened. Yeah. I thought he stood above. There were other really good players. I was a really good player at that age, and nothing happened after that. But yeah. uh, he was amazing. I hope. Let me ask you, Stanley Jetter, if you're out there, buddy, I hope How you're do you doing better. How do you spell his last name? You said Jetter. Jetter, J E T T E R, I believe. Oh, I should have dropped the T name. and just gone with Jeter. Yeah. Hey guys, real, real quick, Adidas gonna hop on in one sec. But tonight, Bengals Ravens, big Ooh, game. Can't if wait. you're a Browns fan, who should you be rooting for tonight? Well, I would disagree with these guys because I asked them on Tuesday. I said I'm rooting for Baltimore. Well, now, the, but now with, it's changed with the Watson. With the Watson injury, no, 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 no. With the Watson injury, now it makes more sense to root for Baltimore. Yeah, because the Browns, it's going to be harder for them to make the playoffs now. Obviously, so you want a team that's already down to fall further. Baltimore's making the playoffs. They are, unless Lamar gets hurt and they completely fall apart. And look, even at five and five, I mean, if a nine and eight made it last year, and I know they sure, did it, as I don't a think the Bengals winner, are done if they we, lose we, this game. Yeah, we but, can't discount the, the fact that they still could make the playoffs. Right, but I, I actually think it's better. And I, for whatever it's worth, I, people treat these as facts, and I don't like that. The you know the ESPN odds, they're not facts. They no. change every week. Of course, but. According to that, the Browns' odds of making the playoffs are slightly higher if the Ravens win than if the Bengals win. Yeah, I would I would imagine yeah. that would be the I case. I think it's they, you know. So I, I mean, look, they're they're still in the conversation for winning the division. So some might say, well, if Cincinnati beats Baltimore, then we win over Pittsburgh. We're in first place. We're right. in line to win the That's division. That's true. I just I, I'm with you. I still think Baltimore will win the division. And I, I want the death nail driven into the Cincinnati Bengals. Not that that's going to happen tonight, but 
at five and five with seven to go, it's a big both, uphill climb. Both teams have two key injuries. They're, the Bengals will be without T. Higgins. Yes. And they're going to be without Sam Hubbard. Now, stunningly, Trey Hendrickson, who had a hyperextended knee last week and left the game late, He's is playing? playing. Wow. And for the Ravens, they're without their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, and they're without cornerback Marlon Humphrey. I think that's a big deal this is, that they're without Marlon this is, Humphrey. This we'll is see. Russia versus China. And I'm looking for trench warfare. I need y'all to beat each other up. (laughs) I need to be knuckles. Keep it clean. Keep it clean. But all, but I need y'all to just go at it. I need y'all to limp off the field. Beat each other up. (laughs) Don't say that. You're gonna get. You're gonna remember what I said about that against the Steelers. I got killed for that. Can't even have somebody limping no more. We got a DD joining us now. And today's interview with the DD is brought to us by FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Right now, brand new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins so if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel there's no better time than right now to get in on the action the app is easy to use and they have a wide range of betting options including spreads player props over-unders and much much more so visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season FanDuel an official partner of the NFL and an official partner of the ultimate Cleveland sports show Aditi how you doing today where's she at hold on I got I got a question she at hold on I got a question are you, I'm uh, right here. Are you right here? Right I got here. Listen, I, I got in. I didn't get an argument. I was in a grocery store and somebody asked me. Uh, they was like, "You weren't uh, eating the ham, were you? You weren't eating food before." I, oh, you remember that it? story? Yeah, I, I'm going to you. eat all the ham. Like, yeah, yeah. they got samples. Um, this lady was talking and she was like, "Yeah, you know, my my daughter's getting ready to go to a dance or whatever," and she says. Uh, I asked her, I said, she's going to a dance. That's cool. She was like, yeah, today's going to be her first day of wearing makeup. And I said, whoa, hey, whoa. Uh, I said, how old is she? She's like 11 or 12. What, what is the statue of limitation in, in the age on wearing makeup in, 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 the, in the DD household? Like, I got to figure this out. I don't know if she was out of pocket or not. 12? That's early. You know, well, I feel like that's a special occasion. Right? Okay. <laughs> like it's a holiday. So there's exemptions. I mean, that's totally different than wearing makeup to school every single day. But if yeah, it's that, a dance right. and you're getting a little lip gloss on yeah. and maybe a little blush, like I think that that's acceptable as long as it's not an everyday sort of thing. But yeah. no, no full I mean, blown smoke. My daughter's only four, so I can't yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, daughter, my daughter loves to play in my makeup. She doesn't yeah. actually put any of it on. Sometimes I draw her little tattoos with my eyebrow pencils, but uh, she will occasionally take a powder brush and pretend that she's putting sparkles on her face. She's not really, but she pretends. Yeah, by the time I have kids, I'll be teaching preschool. That's not happening. Different cultures treat things like this differently, whether it's earrings or makeup or, you know, depending on where you grew up or what religion you are, what country you're from. No, you know what? And Adam, that's such a good point. My ears were pierced when I was two months old. And I pierced my daughter's ears before she was a year old. And I know people who won't allow their daughters to have their ears pierced until they're 12. And for us, culturally in India, you, you know, Indians do pierce their ears early. And I sort of thought of it as, well, she won't really feel the pain when she's a baby. Right. And why not? Didi, my mom tried to put me on punishment. I was 21 when I got my ears pierced. She tried to be like, you ain't going nowhere. (laughs) I'm bigger than you now, dog. I'm living in dorms. What are you talking about? By, by the way, this this I'm is bigger re- than you now, dog. Yeah, really. This is really disturbing. I actually got sent home from junior high school, aka middle school, because my and I didn't do this on purpose. I didn't even realize this was an issue. My shorts were apparently too short. Oh. 
Like I was trying oh to throw up my leg. Disgusting. Oh. Disgusting. Oh. Well, how dare you? Oh my god. Is that crazy? Because things uh. were revealed from the shorts? I mean, like when you sat down, were people able Nothing to Nothing was revealed. They they were just slightly here's the crazy thing. So this well, is didn't you nuts. just say I'm long legged? This is well, what the issue is? This is the thing, Adina. I'm long legged, he's not. I'm not long legged. But here's the deal, okay? I'm trying, Jay. I'm Let trying. Me I know, that was a Let me explain effort. it to you, all right? In my junior high school, what they were trying to do is the girls... <laughs> we liked it as boys that the girls were wearing short shorts, right? But because of the patriarchal society, they tried to prevent the girls from wearing short shorts. So if they were going to make a rule... They had to make the rule say nobody can wear shorts above okay, the knee. Okay, but how short could these shorts have been? Were you wearing Daisy? Aditi, I'm boots? trying to tell you, you I, I, my my shorts were like an inch above my knee. It was completely appropriate. It wasn't weird looking at all. But you couldn't have shorts above the knee because of this stupid rule. <laughs> I bet Wait, but that wasn't the era when you were school. in middle school. It wasn't when basketball players were wearing those baggy shorts. Basketball oh. players were still sort of wearing mid-thigh shorts at that point, right? Right, but I wasn't even wearing mid-thigh shorts. I wasn't. Yes, they were wearing mid-thigh shorts, but I wasn't. It was just like an. Okay, but this kind of begs the question: With yeah. Aaron, who chooses his clothes, and do you monitor? Do you say no, that doesn't work, or yes, that's fine? Oh. <laughs> uh. Or just I mostly let him that. wear what he wants. Like he this morning, he said, "Can he wear shorts?" Oh, we said, have yeah. this fight every day in my house. Well, uh, I mean, every it's going to be sixty house, degrees today, so I was like, "Okay, you can wear shorts," and I, but he doesn't wear anything crazy. If I if his outfit looked ridiculous, like I wouldn't let him wear pajamas to school. But he makes good choices. <laughs> I basically let him choose. You know, if it's really cold and he's wearing a T-shirt, I'll tell him to throw a sweatshirt on top of it. But you gotta let you know, kids grow up a little bit. Preschool, my yeah. daughter's preschool. Teachers tell me they know when I'm home and when I'm on the road at a game. Oh wow! Because yeah, of that, this levels. yeah, my my well, my kids' teachers just... would have said the same thing because yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dad sends them to school looking a whole lot different than Mom did. Yeah, that's did. true. Dad, oh, my, my daughter when she was seven, she would say, "Dad, this doesn't like, go together." <laughs> Forget not even going together. Can you like run a brush through a hair, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't have to worry yeah. about that with my son. We're not running brushes through hair. I'm hair. sorry for derailing, but that was the funniest yeah. thing I've ever heard. I, like, I didn't know that yeah. about bulls. My problem was I let my mental image take over. So yeah. I didn't hear I mean, most of what Bull said. If you guys are done said, insulting me with your laughter, no, it wasn't insulting. Then Bull. we can move on. But, I wasn't wearing shorts like. But here. here's what I heard, and I then and then I tuned out. Uh, and Aditi, yeah. I think you're the same way, and I know G, you are. What I heard was when I was in middle school, I once was sent home for wearing shorts that were too short. Right. Was, After yeah, that, it, <laughs> it turned into the peanuts phone conversation, and all I heard was. But Didi, I'll, I'll get us back on track because I got a football question. Well, let me let me get us oh, back on track. Okay, I got well, a football question, and Aditi will appreciate this because <laughs> last night, Aditi, I was interviewing the great Iron Eagle for my podcast, uh -huh. and I mm -hmm. dropped your name in the conversation. Oh, I, we were talking about his broadcast. Off uh, it, once the podcast was over, I was talking with him oh. about his broadcast team, and I said, you know, Evan Washburn, he does an excellent job. Blah blah blah. And he talked to me about why he thinks Evan is great. And I said, you're right. He does all those things. I said, you know who else does all those things? Aditi Kinkabwala. I, I'm, you know, and anyway, he was, he doesn't, I, he told me he doesn't know you personally uh, very he well doesn't. or if at all. But uh, 
He he did say to me, I've heard very good things. That's what he said. So, well, well I appreciate that very much. So, to double down. Evan is outstanding. Well, I'm sorry. What was a, that? No, to double down on that, my girlfriend's not a big football fan, but she recognizes your voice now. And that's right. Favorite sideline reporter. So, uh, I do have I a serious a question, though. Serious football question. <laughs> I was listening to the Zero Blitz well, podcast it. yesterday with Charles Robinson and Jason Fitz, and I'm curious if you okay. have any knowledge on this. If you can confirm what they said, or or tell me it's totally wrong. But essentially, Charles Robinson said that he had had conversations with people that made it seem that Paul D. Podesta was the one that forced Andrew Barry to trade Josh Dobbs. Have you heard anything? I, I can't lines? say, I can't say forced, but I don't think that that was a decision that happened in a vacuum. I just feel that this is one of those things that people right now want to look back. And it's kind of one of those things like, if you knew then what you know now, but how yeah. could you do that? Yeah. And I think that the well, way you that did you know at the trade deadline, though, Aditi. Yes. However, yeah. we do know, I can tell you, that Washington was asking for far too high of a price for Jacoby Brissett. And that price has to always be thought about within the parameters of what your roster already is. So I'll give you an example. A year ago, Kareem Hunt wanted more money. The Browns weren't saying that Kareem Hunt wasn't deserving or worthy of more money. The Browns had to consider what is already allocated to the running back room. And how much can we fairly allocate to the running back room? And that's responsible. And so perhaps Kareem Hunt, exactly, perhaps Kareem Hunt could be worth what he wanted in a vacuum. But on this particular team, where this amount of money was already allocated to Nick Chubb and the running back room, there just wasn't room to sort of have an outsized proportion go there. So when you have a $230 million quarterback who has already counted for X number of picks, you have to weigh that in what you're allocating to the quarterback room. And it's very easy for a fan to sit here and say, well, whatever, Washington wanted a third round pick or Washington wanted a second round pick or whatever. There's no more important position or there's whatever. The 20, 20th most important position on your team is your backup quarterback. So just pay it. But that's not how the Browns do business. The Browns have to sit here and think about what's already in the quarterback room. And is it worth it to give up X number of high picks? Not necessarily money, but X number of high picks to put someone in a room that truly you're not expecting to have to play and that you're not having to count on to play. And all the information that they had at that moment was that Deshaun Watson is as tough as they come and that he was on the upswing. You, you can't account for bad luck unless but, I guess maybe you want to sit here and say the Browns are known for bad luck so you should always expect bad luck but even this situation right here I mean can we talk about this Deshaun Watson played a second half against one of the best defenses in the National Football League went 14 for 14 climbed out of a two touchdown hole with a broken body he was completely broken and put together that performance. And then when he heard that his injuries were as bad as they were, he still, his response was, well, just shoot me up and let me get through the season. Right. I uh, mean, the it, guy is trying to play through it and agreed. obviously was advised to shut down. That's the information that the Browns had at the trade deadline, that they had a quarterback who was going to do every single possible thing that he could play through, whatever he had. How do you foresee a catastrophic injury? Yeah, but Aditi, he had already been injured, and he clearly wasn't 100%. I don't, I don't mind that they traded Josh Dobbs in the beginning of the season. I didn't have a problem with it at the time. 
Uh, they believe DTR was better, although then they gave up on him, at least in the short term, after one game. Now they're giving him another chance. But you could have had Josh forget, – forget Jacoby Brissett. And I don't know how good Josh Dobbs really is, but he's played decently this year, certainly at a higher level than the two guys they have. And they could have had they Josh Dobbs got traded to Minnesota for a seventh round pick. So they could they could have shipped their a sixth round pick, or at the very least, could have sent Arizona I can't, their fifth round pick I, back. I'll tell you that piece to me is a yeah. little bit I don't know. I, you know, I'll be very honest with you. I haven't asked anyone. I haven't asked Andrew Barry, I haven't asked Catherine Raish, I haven't asked Kevin Stefanski. I have no idea what sort of interest, if any, what sort of conversation, if any, the Browns had with Arizona. For all I know, I do know that Josh Dobbs has very openly said that Jonathan Gannon looked him in the eye and said to him, we are not trading you. We have no intention of trading you. I know that Kyler Murray liked him in the room. I know that every team loves having Jonathan, jo- having Josh Dobbs in the room, in the quarterback room. So if Jonathan Gannon is saying, we have no plans to trade you, it might have been just like what happened with the Browns. Out of the blue, they get a phone call. The Vikings say, we're desperate. Can we have him? And Arizona doesn't even bother seeing if there are any other buyers out there. For all we know, that trade happened because the Browns knew they could get into it. Now, you would like to think that the Browns were making similar phone calls, having similar conversations regardless, and that is something that Andrew Barry is very good at, just doing his due diligence, keeping his finger on the pulse of things. But until I actually know, I don't want to definitively say, oh, they missed the boat on that. That might have happened before they even thought that it was a possibility or explored it being a possibility. Uh, Didi, can um, can the Browns make the playoffs with DTR starting quarterback? Yes. Oh, that was definitive. I like that. Expound. You know what? The Bra- and I said that I said this yesterday. Look, the Browns have a great, great, great championship caliber defense. This is a championship caliber defense. The missing piece that was sort of making me crazy that we all talked about a month ago was turn the ball over, get some turnovers, get some takeaways, score, make some splash plays also. And we've seen them do that. They've been outstanding at that over the course of the last month since that Indianapolis game that I was at. That's huge. They're running the ball really, really well. No Nick Chubb, doesn't really matter. They're running the ball really well. You saw the way they ran the ball on the Ravens. Again, this is not like running the ball on the Cardinals. Running the ball on the Ravens is a major statement. So all you need, this is what I said yesterday, all you need is competency at the quarterback position. Everybody wants a quarterback who can win you games. Okay, everybody wants a quarterback that when you're down two touchdowns, he can put the team on his shoulders and win you games. I don't know that DTR is going to do that. Maybe five games from now, he'll be able to do that. But that's not what the Browns are asking for right now. Right. The Browns are saying, please don't turn the ball over. Please operate the offense. And let's let the strength of our team go to work. Look at how the Steelers are winning with Kenny Pickett. Exactly yes, Kenny Pickett put together some great fourth quarter drives. Yes, Kenny Pickett has led some comeback wins. But the Steelers aren't winning on the shoulders of Kenny Pickett. No. They're running behind. They're winning behind a great defense and a run game that's finally come around. And I really, really, really believe that Kevin Stefanski having some time to prepare and tailor an offense for DTR will make a huge difference from what you saw in that Ravens game that he played. He had two hours. He had two hours before DTR was going in that game. You hadn't prepped for that. You didn't have a play sheet for that. You hadn't even had the conversation with him. What plays do you like? What plays don't you like? You're jamming all that in in two hours. And let's not forget, when P.J. Walker started against the 49ers, even Nick Bosa said they had a great offensive plan for what they were doing. So 
I put trust and faith in Alex Van Pelt and Kevin Stefanski in being able to plot and plan and shape and support DTR better, an offense around DTR better with a week's preparation as opposed to two hours. Yeah, I, I said exactly the same thing earlier. I think you're right on the money. They've got a week to coach him up. And I, I, it's all we have to judge him on right now. I think it's a little unfair. Right. Let's wait until there's more hay in the barn. And I think he's – the hope here is there's a progression. I don't think he's going to look great against Pittsburgh. He, as you said, he doesn't need to be. The idea here is with each start, he gains a little more confidence. He looks a little better. And by the time the playoffs roll around, he's then – got a half a season under his belt and he's ready to take this team into the next stage of the season. Right. And I think, you know, another thing here, and I've said this before, I've been around the Browns for what? 14 years now, 14 years. I've been around the Browns. I have never been around a Browns team that has this connected a locker room. And I know that there are a lot of people that think that that's woo woo and who cares. But as somebody who's covered the National Football League for as long as I have, it really makes a difference when guys are playing for each other, when guys are hanging out beyond just, okay, we have to be on the practice field. When guys are putting in that time on their own, separate of what their coaches mandate to watch film or go over things. It does make a difference. This is a connected, close locker room. We've seen how the whole us against the world thing has worked for Michigan. It does work for teams. You've got a lot of veteran leadership on this team, on the offensive line, on the entire defense. I just, I don't think it's a death knell. It, It made me very sad for Browns fans yesterday, not because I think their season is over, but just because it really felt like a corner was turned. It really felt like all of the drama, the roller coaster, the up and down, whatever the emotions were from the signing of Deshaun Watson, dealing with all the ancillary noise, it just felt like such a signature statement making get behind everybody win. I mean, that one play, I keep talking about that one play where the whole team pushed Jerome Ford an extra 10 yards, even little Elijah Moore, you know, moving his feet like that. That play, I mean, that's just everything that's different about these Browns versus the Browns I've covered in the past. And so it's just, you know, like to be on that high and think, oh my goodness, here it is. And then to come plummeting down to earth. I mean, I texted Adam yesterday. I said, okay, hands up. I'm ready to believe in the curse. I guess. (laughs) So is he (laughs) crazy. No, you're right. Aditi, that play is a, that's a dichotomy of the Brown season. And if they go on to do big things and you, and you say pick one play that I, that sort of encapsulates what, what we just watched. I think that's it. All the guys on the field pushing towards yes. one common goal despite the odds. Aditi, we got to run. Even go you. back and watch that play. Look at how Elijah Moore, little I know. Elijah Moore, basically my side, is in there. He's pushing them. His feet are turning. They're turning. And Joe he finally had a good game, Aditi. Oh, stop it. Look all the way on the right. Look at it. Look at Elijah Moore. You see that little guy over there? There he is. I mean, I, I just, I love that play. Bless I can't heart. stop watching that play. I know. I'm with you. It makes me look smile at every time I see it. Look at Elijah Moore on the screen. Look at how little he is. so much better. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like he's pushing oh, a, a blocking sled. Yeah. Aditi, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Guys, thanks so much for having me. I all won't right. see you next week. Oh, See, you told me next- I won't. It's, thanks- oh, it's Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, sorry, Thanksgiving week. week. Okay, have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family and make Thank sure you. your kids' shorts are always long too. enough. Yes. Don't send them to school with short shorts there, Aditi. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it.
All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Talk bye. soon. Hey, look who's here. Hey. Hey, with some hey, pretty fly hey, kicks. Listen, we now nah, listen. We gotta um, start. We gonna start off with that. We have to. We gotta start with the kicks there, huh? How, how, these clicks. how did how did them, how did that come about? Right. First of all, first, can we get a shot of the shoes, guys, oh, or no? Yeah, shoes. So we're there. getting there, Steve. Oh, there we go. Oh, there yeah, we go. Cool. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, listen. I need. Where can I get these? So I'm proud to be sitting here healthy today. Okay, and part of my You Matter wellness line, I got the You Matter BK shoes that are coming out for the holidays. Uh, so, so where, where, I'm, I'm, where can we get these? I, I need to be the first person with them. Like, I just got to You're not going to be the first. Bernie's the first. I, I know, but the first civilian. Second. I'm, I'm going to be the second, second person with them on. Them is fire. Yeah. And, and, and shout out to you for having flavor. See? The zipper, the buckles. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 not a lot of guys can pull that off, Bernie. That's how you, you, you do it well. I'm, you, try, I'm trying to represent my Browns happiness today. Yeah. Okay? I'm trying to. The Who designed is, it? Did you design it? or? So we got a cool friend in, in Cleveland, J-Rock, who uh, is a friend. And he's designed this, um, this Cleveland Browns special. And he, with the You Matter that I've been doing and the CoStar Wellness, and for um, you three in particular on stage, trying to pretend to our TV audience how uh, fashionable I am, but sometimes <laughs> I am lacking thereof in my past. So in the attempt of now health and wellness, yeah, yeah I've been doing Someone a little Someone asked earlier, are you the, are you the yeah, oldest person ever to have a signature shoe? Yeah. Because usually time. you're 20 years old, you're out of college, you got a big NBA deal, yeah. you need a shoe. I don't ever remember someone coming up with a shoe post-retirement I think you're setting a new bar. Uh, you know, the health and wellness journey, the new the, the new lease on life that I had now that I'm healthy. You feel 20 again. I, you know what? My I do feel healthy now. This is a, I've joked about this is the best I felt this century. Yeah. So I didn't think about it like that mostly the young kids get the shoe deals these days. But for me now to have my own shoe for the holidays and then be able to give back part of the proceeds to um, to the foundation and some of the stuff we're How doing do we charity-wise. So right now I'm putting that together because the um, it was a limited edition of it. And I was only just made a few of them and stuff, but oh. the response has been enormous. I can imagine. That. So yeah. we're, we're working on that actually later on this afternoon to, get, to um, put these on my website. By the way, stuff. I just got a text from a source who says Brian Sipe is pissed right now. <laughs> he is furious and, that and, Bernie and got the shoes and he didn't the get The BS it. 17 is coming out soon. Hey, you, already, <laughs> you already know. Hey, honey, if you're watching this, we're going to make sure the bills is paid, but these will be a part <laughs> of what we're doing in the budget. They yeah. just, I'm just, I got to let them know. The BKs, I, I don't care what they cost. I'm still getting them. I like the mix of textures. You've got some leather in there. Yeah. Oh, these you, are yeah. These come got, from Italy. These are kind of wow. high, high pricey. They're those they're are about they're the phenomenal. Same, they're about the same as my wellness package a month, about two fifty. This is good. We gonna put you on QVC, Bernie. Yeah. You, you, you one of the top salesmen out here now. Well, you know what? I want. I'm proud to be able to say salesman and be able to enunciate and articulate. I mean, we say it in jest to be able to be on these shows. And to be able to, again, joke around, talk about serious subjects, be able for the, you guys to be able to understand me for the listeners and stuff. That wasn't, and Jay in particular, you know, some of the stuff we used to do sure. six, seven, eight years ago, that wasn't always the case. So right. kind of proudly, you know, to be here um, feeling good, you know, and, 
and to be able to enunciate, articulate, you know, bring a message out. I wish the message and some of the things that we were talking about, you know, when I started coming on the show about a month ago, three weeks ago, we were talking about Deshaun and we were talking about, you know, what to do. And we were talking about, is he tough enough? Is he, does he really want to play? And we were talking about the involuntary twitch and the, and how it kind of gives out on you. And, and again, I'm not trying to circle this about me, but we, we had said, hey, I played through this for a couple weeks, and I went kind of on a long segment, a homily, about I'm very proud, you know, to how well I played in, um, in Houston and then in Buffalo to win a playoff game. But that only lasted for a few weeks, and we thought by, by the AFC Championship game, after about a month, my arm was really shot, and a micro tear of my shoulder started becoming a bigger tear. And we sat here three or four weeks ago, and we were, at least I was, and we were talking about um, if he played, that after about a month, you'd probably have it start getting worse. So how do we handle the end of November or December? Because it's going to probably get worse. And if it gets worse, and now you have the rotator surgery, it could be not just a micro tear, it could be a full tear and you know whether it happened in the first half and the shoulder was broken yeah. or really it happened three or four weeks ago. Do you think that it could because the Browns yeah, are claiming it's not related. But, that it wasn't related but you know I mean it's, the skeptic it's all, in me. It's all related. I mean this isn't the pick on the Browns. This isn't a pick on anybody. Those are all related. Okay. A micro tear does not go away okay by itself in a month five weeks like that so it, it's um, the the phrase that came out initially that he could do more structural damage if he continued to play you remember the phrase we, remember we always well. we always got the phrase well you can't do any more damage to yourself ah you can go out there and keep hurting yourself because you won't do any you can't get any worse i mean his shoulder essentially came out of socket and so and to, to me, and, and I'm, I don't want to second guess doctors. I'm not a doctor. I, I've had shoulder injuries. I know you have. To me, when it's compromised, and I think we all agree, and the doctors told us it was compromised, the structure holding everything in place it's is just, compromised. It's just weaker in all the, in, in all the peripherals and all the, all the areas around you it. Had, so, right. You've had the surgeries, right? We've, we've had a lot of surgeries up here, and the thing that they always tell you, uh, is yeah they'll say oh you'll be back better than than ever and and the, oh. they, they come back and tell you it'll never be the same like you you can get back to doing things but you'll never your knee will never be the same your elbow your shoulder will never be. it's just about getting the degree back to where you were baseline it's not getting better it's just trying to decrease it from yeah. getting worse fast yeah uh, big G you're that's that that's the point and even as I was coming on today and this is kind of one of the first shows and people that I've kind of talked to about this and even talking to myself about, you know, what am I going to say? You know, what do you want to say about it? And, and talking some to, to Deshaun, you know, a little bit about it um, is um, you want to be super positive. You know that we all want to be positive. And, and even me as I, you know, the late third quarter, early fourth quarter of my life and the stage of life I'm at, I really believe in the, the positiveness and spirituality of positive thinking and stuff so saying you're going to come back better than ever saying that after you know a half dozen years in the league 
that it's going to be stronger, I want to agree and I want to buy in on that. And then I'll hide from shaking your hands and anybody else's hands, knowing the long-term ramifications. Not only what happens in your 40s, 50s, and 60s, okay, which I'm approaching and stuff, but to your point, is it 5%? 10% deterioration right. in your ability to play next year. And at, so, when you're playing at an elite level, that 5% might not keep you in that elite stratosphere any longer. Yeah, and again, as much as I want to say um, my skills never were deteriorating, the reality is we're all deteriorating, and every day we are getting older. So I'm proud to be slowing down the aging process with some of this health and wellness But from the arm standpoint, once that elbow, once that shoulder, once the rotator is compromised, the reality that it's coming back better than 100% with age, just that's... You'll have to defy odds to do it. Yeah, this isn't Disney World right now. Bernie, let's talk about what we got now, and that's Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Obviously, his first start didn't go well. He wasn't prepared. Now they've got the whole week to get him ready. You know, we've seen him in, in, in college, we've seen him in, in the preseason, but I don't know what to expect. What do you expect? All right, so just sticking to DTR and that is, first and foremost, I, like everybody else, probably yesterday was, damn, the woe is me. Yep. What's yep. happening? Um, what's up with the season um, type stuff? And And that's mainly because... Before last week's game, the Baltimore Ravens were looked at as a Super Bowl team. They were yeah. playing as the elite right. and were playing at their place. We know the San Francisco 49ers are looked at as a, as a championship Super Bowl caliber team. And the Bengals have been right. there, and they are too. And the Cleveland Browns have beaten all three of those yes. teams. So, yes. man, waking and we beat up. we one of them with a backup quarterback. Right. So, waking up Wednesday morning, you know, six and three, knowing you beat the three Three of the top teams, you know, KC's up there too, gotcha with that. But knowing that we could compete, Super Bowl is it wasn't crazy by nope. us Browns fans yep. Monday and Tuesday morning to be thinking that. When we saw that Wednesday, um, I think a lot of us all, oh, God, the season's over. And I'm still answering the, the DTR yeah, question yeah. is um, the Super Bowl stuff and the Super Bowl champion stuff, you know, probably isn't. The, the re- realistic dream right now, but with the healthy Deshaun and the way the team played Sunday, yeah. it would have been cool and not unrealistic yeah. for us to sit Agreed. here and, and talk about that this Thursday. I don't think that part of it on, uh, is realistic now, but I tell you, I'm not, I'm not disappointed in seeing DTR, and I um, look forward to seeing him play Sunday. Um, I'm not, again, his marketing rep or nor an apologist for him. I don't know him that great, but the little bit I've seen of him in person, love it and love how he played in the preseason. Absolutely way, way different. The getting sprung on him and getting sprung on the coaches at 1030 on Sunday morning. Game plan and play calling and, and execution, of course it was lacking that day. So... Now, having a week to understand how to do this. Look, at I, we don't want to give the game plan away, but, I mean, the Steelers, no. We don't want to give that game to them. Their, their offense is, is massively struggling. Mm-hmm. So We handed the first game to them. Right. So let's not early, you know, 
Get down 14 nothing like we did against Baltimore. Deshaun's not here. Let's not do the 7 or 10 nothing. How do you change the game plan? How, how will it look different? So we know, I basically, unless something happens with our defense, we know that the Steeler offense isn't really going to kill you. They're not. They're not. And if they do, so be it. Then it's going to be rough Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But right now, we got every uh, the next man up. Other positions have to really step up. So I'm anticipating our defense is going to continue the woeful confidence of the Steeler, the Steeler offense. So shutting them down. And not letting them being shut down early. So in turn, not making that turnover early, not making Huge. that mistake early for us, so that we don't give them a seven, ten, nothing lead. And if they end up getting a ten or fourteen, nothing lead, they would have had to have earned it offensively, right. not by a special teams mistake or a offensive. Uh, Turnover. Yeah, I mean, the most important thing for DTR is to not turn the ball over. I know that's right. obviously it sounds simple. Nobody, right. nobody is going to ask him to win the game. Yeah, and, and here's the other thing from a game planning perspective. I'm going to put my quarterback shoes on if I had athleticism like DTR. And then also kind of the hidden issue. It's just not a DTR issue. It's, hey, is Dewan Jones going to practice right. today? Is he out there? We still have the two tackle issues. So who plays tackles against... Um, Superman 1 and Superman 2, Highsmith and Watt. So I also anticipate um, the interceptions and mistakes in the last game came off of drop back throws, okay, on first down and on <coughs> second and three, uh, three to five. So I really anticipate our structure of play calling to be a little different in terms of, of course, running the ball. We say quick game, but quick game, drop back and get you in trouble. I see like the play action, what, what? play action, bootleg. Let's <laughs> let's let's simplify the reads. Let's threaten the run. Let's possibly RPO it. But let's if we throw, when we throw, let's do nakeds and bootlegs. Okay, where maybe it's half the field, and or you could really orchestrate somewhat of of some easier throws, some safer throws, and some protected throws. It, 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 that's what I haven't heard that in a while. When you say, you know, three step can be tricky, right? Because if you're you getting pressure up the field, you're you're in some of the shotgun stuff. You're in five wide. Now you're looking at three seconds, two seconds, and one read or two reads. You you could get fooled. They can play be playing robber technique where they can jump in front of passes. But if you're running the football and you run play action, now you get some of those linebackers to step up out of position maybe in zone coverage, and those are easier throws because it, 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 you're in space, and if you, it isn't there, you can continue to run on and just take a couple yards, get out of bounds, and do it all over again. Exactly. You, you limit your chance for making the mistake and stuff. So, look at we to, to the quick, throw quick, throw quick. Uh, that's what all the offenses say against our Cleveland Brown defense. Okay, let's throw it real quick. Lamar Jackson's as good a QB as we got in the NFL, and look where that got him. Throwing a quick at the end of the game, D lineman don't rush, pull up, tip the ball, and and uh, Greg Newsom gets his first pick on a three-step slant. Mm. Okay, we can't do that um, with with DTR this week. By the way, we asked uh, we had Leroy on yesterday. We asked mm. him 
if he had one more carry left. So I'll ask you, do you have one more throw left? I have throws left in the arm. I have one more throw left. (laughs) You just don't have any hits left. The problem is no hits. No, the problem is just with the velocity of Deshaun right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that could be a problem. You know, one of the things that uh, that McNugget said, and I want to ask you what this means. He told us that in the history of the combine since they've been putting radar guns on quarterbacks' arms that the highest recorded throw, the fastest recorded throw from a quarterback was from Josh Allen, 62 miles an hour. Now, I was told once, and I don't know if this is true, that Brett Favre was once clocked like at 69 or 70 miles an George. hour. Jeff George. Jeff George had a cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, that was the record, 62 miles an hour. DTR tied that. What does that mean in terms of how does that translate into a game plan and to a successful quarterback that he can throw it as hard as any quarterback in the league right now. So I, it translates. A lot of times it doesn't necessarily translate to where it's meaningful and stuff. Right. But this time I think it does. And I absolutely think it does in the spirit of this week's game in particular. Because we, we've been really blessed with amazing weather. Go outside today, enjoy it. It's, it's awesome. It's warm. But even better than warm, there's no wind. So the last couple games have been no wind and beautiful to throw. Um, when you bring the wind into the equation, um, which we could be getting towards the end of it's the year. It's supposed to be windy Sunday. So that, that arm strength massively helps. And then if you implement that with kind of the bootleg and the outside game, you could really kind of mitigate your percentage or statistical risk of maybe jeopardizing yourself with All the right. turnovers. That's good to know because yeah. – I was watching the weather forecast yesterday, and the winds are supposed to pick up as the week goes on. They're going to be stronger tomorrow, but by week's end, they're supposed to be significant. You could yeah, be looking see, at gusts that, in the 25, 30-mile-an-hour range, so that arm strength could be. Yeah, and that's actually, as uh, we were chuckling with the Brian Sipe jokes earlier, you know, towards the end of uh, his career, towards the end of my career, we're talking about the arm strength. The arm strength was dissipating and stuff, so... At the end of the year, with the big wins and stuff, the throws were off and stuff. And that's where, again, we talked about it a few weeks ago. I was concerned with Deshaun, yeah. you know, of being able to have the arm strength. Well, that won't be a wins. concern as long as DTR stays healthy. All right. Um, I got some Super Chats, and Bernie, you're going to laugh at some of these. These are some funny ones today. And okay. Super Chats today are brought to us by PCC Airfoils. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. A couple of these are really funny, so I'm going to go through the uh, regular ones first, and we'll save the funny ones for the end. Bill Rodewalt says... The model is the 2015 Broncos for DTR. Manning had nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions. He was awful in the playoffs. Two touchdowns and an interception in three games in Super Bowl. He was 13-23 of 23 with the interception and fumble loss. He did nothing in the Super Bowl, but the defense led them to a victory. Corey McLaughlin said, Bull, who's the Twitter slappy talking about J.B. Bickerstaff? I'm not sure exactly what he's referring to on that. No idea. Flow Daddy TV said, if DTR wins the Super Bowl, what do you do with Watson? We will have that conversation <laughs> in the instant we get there. Uh, it's a little premature. They, they got the, they Problems got, I hope we have to worry about yes. for a thousand hours. I'm sorry, Kool-Aid Mafia. I didn't mean to release the extra strength Kool-Aid. That's only prescription. No, that's level. Jack Daniels. That's, that's the marijuana flavor Kool-Aid. <laughs> ASID Brooks said we also missed a field goal versus the 49ers too. Jay, stop. 
Uh, I, rated I, R never says said the that. Browns are five. They missed one Watson. to win the game. Rated R says the Browns are five and with Watson. Jay, get real. Our Mac dog said, I'm pissed we lose our quarterback because the refs didn't throw their flags for unnecessary roughness. They let the Rappers get away with late hits. Kevin Robinson said, is Quincy Carrier ever coming on? Uh, he is tomorrow. So yeah, see? He will be on with us tomorrow. I told you. Akimbo RPG said, Von Miller dragged them to the Super Bowl with a no-arm Peyton Manning. DTR can do it. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, Derek Bryson said, guys, we can go one and of course. Let me just clarify something. We're comparing yes. a one-eyed paint, a one-arm paint manning to DTR. We're comparing to a one-arm paint manning. Is that what's happening here, Mike? That it is because it was it, it was it was not the okay. Peyton Manning that we that we put in the I, Hall of Fame. Jeff Hostetler, he did it. Mm-hmm. He came in for Phil Sims. I saw it with my own two eyes. Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. And by the way, the, to the to the um, super chat that said, "Come on, Jay, get real." They're five and one with Deshaun Watson. You, you made my point. <laughs> that that's my point. My point is they're five and one with Deshaun Watson, who has seven touchdowns and four interceptions. That's my point. Right, but that's a lot better than the alternative at this point. Next up is They're Derek not going to go one touchdown, eight picks the rest of the way. I promise sure? you that. I promise you that. <laughs> I hope so. I Wait. promise you that. Next up is Derek Bryson. Guys, we can go 1-0. and Of course, our chances drop for the Super Bowl. Pittsburgh's defense is overrated. Their offense is trash at best. Go Browns. Matthew Culpa says, G. Bush, you can give my team a pregame speech any Sunday. You're an OG. Go Browns. Uh, M. Bellman697 says, Jay's high as a kite right now. I need it every smoke. I've never smoked. Uh, I've never smoked. I'm high as a kite because I believe in the Browns. I'll take it. Love the show. I'm high on Browns. High on life. Credit. Skilly says, Tannehill just requested to be released. That's not real. I think that's a fake account. Fake. Skilly, check that out. Uh, Skilly also had a fantasy question for you, Bull. I'll ask you this offline, and Skilly, I'll get you the answer to that. Corey McLaughlin said uh, Bull had them apple bottom shorts on. (laughs) Apple Uh, bottom jeans. What are apple bottom shorts? You don't want to know. (laughs) (laughs) I would lose. Cheeks hanging out. Uh, He said uh, Reggie Bug Glover said I would literally lose it if I saw Bull running around with Daisy Dukes on. Real talk. (laughs) I would lose it too. Robert Gentry. Bernie. Bernie's wondering what's going on. He said he got kicked out of school once in junior high because he had shorts shorts that were too short. An inch over my knee. Um, actually, I walked in early today, so so I was. I was fanboying you during that segment, okay? Robert Gentry (laughs) says, we have eight games to get DTR ready for the playoffs, and I trust Stefanski. Let's go Browns. Simple said, Browns, eight regular season games left. DTR goes blank in those games. I do think it's funny that the the two guys who have crushed Stefanski the most all of a sudden think Stefanski is the greatest coach in the world over here. (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute. I am not a Stefanski crusher. Oh, oh, give me a break. Not as much as him, but. I'm not a Stefanski crusher. We did it earlier this year. We said, should he be fired? And there were people on the panel that said yes. And I said, no, you don't fire him. Two more real quick, then you guys can do this. Daryl says, Stefanski, listen, DTR stands for don't throw and run against the Steelers. Ball control with this awesome defense will win the game. Wait, and don't throw 66. and run? Just don't throw well, run. Don't throw. He said don't throw run. 
Don't throw yeah. comma run. Yeah. I like that. We, we'll, I'll mix that in. That's I'll our guy, that Daryl. And J-Dog66 said, gee, they should have bigger pads on to protect quarterbacks better. Then they can't throw the ball. Yeah. Bernie, when no, you played, I was the, the pads were massive compared to right. what they are now. We're, yeah. at, we're out of time, unfortunately, guys. Right, Mike? We have 40 we seconds. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I would lose my mind if they th- they put those big pads on me. Yeah, that's not I wanted the little ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's but why. I, that's why I learned all this health and wellness. It was a mistake. G and I will have <laughs> G and I have a big announcement coming up in overtime. So stick. Make sure you're there for that. Well, I'm still trying to get these. I need those shoes, man. Uh, I need get those you. being mass produced immediately. I'll yeah. play the game before the holidays. Yeah. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.